Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac, and on my uh, bonus episode, I actually got the privilege of investigating. Uh, sorry, of interviewing actual paranormal investigators who've been in the game for a while now. They are Apparition Paranormal Investigation, and I'm speaking with Brandon and Rob. I How's it going, man? Thanks for having us on. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, and it was, it's been a while. Um, we've been trying to uh, and interview actual paranormal investigators there's a few that actually follow our page one actually in uh england in britain area oh, wow. we communicate so cool. yeah we communicate with them every now and then we actually send them uh evps we catch so they can verify and you know find if it's just a cough or it's actually something talking right. um so yeah actually it's <laughs> we actually have w- always wanted to actually talk to actual parent investigators and it's awesome that you guys are actually in our area Yep, uh, we're in the uh, we, we claim Swansboro, but we're Carteret and Onslow County, and you guys are close by. Well, at least Megan was telling us, so that's pretty yeah. awesome that we could connect like this and support each other like that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and we're not limited to just Swansboro and no. Carteret side. We we'll travel where as needed. So yeah. All right. Um, I guess first things first. How did you guys get started in the whole game? Uh, so Aberration Paranormal Investigations, the con- the new concept behind the company is fairly new. Um, within I say new, but within two year time frame. Um, but I started when I was thirteen years old. I'm thirty two now. Um, I grew up in New England. Um, I actually threw rocks at the actual Conjuring House, not knowing what that house was okay. in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Um, so I was being almost to death as a kid. Um, I was on life support for four months. Ever since then, I was able to do things that most people cannot do. Um, my my abilities strand beyond just seeing the paranormal and the, and the dead um, with my eyes and being able to talk to them. But my my gifts actually span further than that. But that's another conversation for a different day on my abilities. Um, but yeah, I grew up in New England. It's a very haunted town or very haunted location in general. Um, so I grew up in an 1800s hospital house. Um, they actually used to hold funerals. That's where the word parlor comes from um, in the living room. So that would be your living room. Downstairs was a morgue. And then there was two beds that me and my brother slept in. Um, so those were our beds, you know, until we did the addition. So we were sleeping where people have passed away. Um, we used to have um, a lot of poltergeist activity. But as time grew on, we actually started experiencing more and more um, what we call escalation of force towards from these spirits to us. Um, and that was normally when the renovation started, we started getting scratched and picked up and everything else along the lines there. So my brother is a paranormal psychologist, um, you know, or, you know, so that's where my abilities came from to learn how to do what I do. Um, he was my mentor. Um, since then, you know, I started strengthening my, my abilities and strengthening my knowledge base um, because knowledge is power. The day you forget that you or you think you know everything in this job field is the day you need to go home because um, you're going to get yourself hurt or somebody else hurt. Um, so, yes, he was my big motivator. And being in living in a house like that, I really need to understand what we were dealing with and have an understanding. So I worked underneath people. My brother had a big AM talk show when AM was actually big (laughs) Um, um, and it was called back talk. So, you know, he used to have people on there, you know, we had one guest appearance of uh, taps um, when they were rotor rooters back in the day before, right before they became the cusp of becoming big. So I grew up around 
on having the ability to talk to these people and all these different um, in these different realms. So it really just opened me up um, with my knowledge base and continued to work with other people. So when I did come to North Carolina, you know, I worked under a few companies, I would say companies, but more groups than an actual company. Um, around here, you'll find yourself with the other groups. Um, and, you know, they don't do this for a full-time living as we do or I do. Um, I gave up an 11-year job just to show you how serious I was with the fire service um, to do this full-time. So it just shows you the calls and what I'm trying to do here and trying to educate people about. Um, so there's a long, deep-rooted history with my education and my knowledge base, um, either through personal or through guidance. Um, and, and we're going to continue to do that. But now I'm at the level where I'm the guider and I'm the, the Mr. Miyagi, so to say, when it comes to certain things. Um, so it, it's, it's really interesting to see. I'm interesting to see where I came from and where we are at now especially with a paranormal company, because it's really hard to help make this thing flourish like you want it to. But um, what we're doing, the work we're doing is actually producing its own uproar, so to say, but in a good light. Um, so we're doing very well with the company and I'm very proud of everybody on this team. So um, for me, it's a little bit more simpler, uh, probably more spiritual. Uh, I grew up Pentecostal. No, I think Megan was saying that you guys are more Catholic or, and that well, kind of realm or, I, I came Protestant back when I was 16, and she's been part of the Catholic faith for as long as she can remember. I got you. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's Catholic. Uh, Mike, our other senior investigator, he's also Catholic. Um, but for me, he's Pentecostal, so that's, of course, you hear praying in tongues. I've seen people running the pews. I've seen uh, – but the, the, <laughs> the biggest thing is when I was young, I've seen exorcism. So there's where, you know, a six-year-old lady, and she comes in the church. She's just visiting for the evening. You know, doesn't want to shake hands or have hugs because we're a hugging folk, you know, here in North Carolina. So <laughs> you want to hug them and say, hey, welcome and things like that. But growing up that there, you know, she was not same. And of course, the pastor get to the service. He starts preaching. She stands up, starts throwing F-bombs and stuff like that, starts convulsing. And then here I am at the age of 12 and I'm having to hold down a leg with a six-year-old lady then kicks me five feet across the room and then tells me to F off basically with black eyes. <laughs> that, you know, that'll definitely get you piqued your interest. Um before that, I've, I visited the battleship when I was eight, um, just a field trip from school, and I decided, hey, I want to be to rubble and go downstairs and find a bathroom myself. So I tried to do that, go on the second floor, had one of those ones that you have to hand crank it, and the thing shut on me and saw something go across me. I was like, oh, okay, so it's going to be like that then. So then I went up to the front, and I decided, hey, I'm good. Um, so for me, it's more like a spiritual one, just growing up that one. I'm no longer Pentecostal. I'm non-denominational. I just... I have my faith and, you know, we all kind of in the same boat now that we were raised certain ways, but we just have a higher power in God and stuff like that. And that's what we use as far as our exorcism and stuff that he'll talk about more. Um, but that's how I came to enjoy or not enjoy the paranormal, but just be intrigued by the paranormal to the point where I just wanted answers on why that happened to me when I was eight or 12 and, you know, kind of continue my knowledge and kind of ex- understand the difference between life and death and maybe the in-between too. So. Well, you were, you were in a, what we, you know, when you're that young, you're what you call a pubescent age. So you're more prone and, and open to certain things because you still believe in certain things. So there's still a, a likeness to you. You know what I mean? You, you're not filtered by the negative energies that are associated with the world outside because you don't have to deal with those frustrations, you know? Yeah. So that's why you were probably targeted on that shift. Just happened to be the right, right night at the right time or right. whatever the case may be. Right. Which is funny is that um, with my 
pile of experiences along with Megan. Isn't that I never I never said I never thought about going into investigations or even becoming a paranormal investigator. It's just it's something I dealt with since as long as I can remember. I know if you guys ever listen to the show, I always talk about the infamous ranch that I grew up on that had enough paranormal experiences probably to fill a good book with. Yeah. Um, and not just everything um, from possible cryptoids to an alien sighting to consistent ghosts that we've we yeah. dealt with. Um yeah, I, I think in the future, uh, I'm going to probably do a Facebook Live and we're going to go like, or not Facebook, Instagram Live where we uh, go and I show off the ranch like, oh yeah, this happened there, that happened there. But that's like the you know future when I actually travel safely. Yeah. But um, Have you ever figured out what exactly you were dealing with on your ranch there? Because there are a few things associated with that ranch. <laughs> not necessarily. Um it always has seemed like a hotspot for something. And I chalk it up to possibly uh, in maybe the 1800s. That's where we used to maybe to hang people because there was a tree that was exactly like when you drive up to the main road and you turn, there's a big tree right in the entrance way that had a, uh, a wear in it. And so one of the big branches that hung over that looked like uh, a rope consistently went well, and, and, and like over that over years. And granted the trees never been used for that for who knows how long. But that it has a spot in it where like a tree grew over it, but it's like a perfect spot in it where it's still there. Um, like a big old knot in the tree. Um, so, with even something associated with that, whether you know it was eighteen hundreds to nineteen ninety nine, think about the amount of energy associated with that kind of tragic death, death alone, um, and the energy it takes to produce what it's producing. Because there are forms of energy out there. There's all different types of forms of energy. But that was more of a darker energy just because of the violent nature in itself. Um, so that can definitely lead up to, you know, experiences on that ranch that you cannot explain or, or things that you can't explain. You know, it really makes sense. Um, but you know, there's, there's, I think there's a plethora in the long history just besides the actual slaves itself being or whoever was hung on that property. Um, well, it was Texas and a small town of Texas. So I'm pretty sure they had their own form of justice back then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Atlanteism, <laughs> so to say. Yeah. But I've never done an investigation of the ranch, never even tried. I mean, I've, like I said, the amount of experiences alone, and it just goes from shadow men to goes to a little girl in a dress that was all black. And I'm talking every inch of her clothing, her skin, her hair black and then she slams on my my nightstand wake up right says it slowly then bang and then i of course i see her for like a split second then i asked my brother about it and he was like oh you saw her too and i was like oh crap and that's <laughs> that's when i lived in the uh i guess the building apartments that were um okay where my grandfather built for because he had like 10 kids so he had to make extra rooms you know me and my brother stayed up there after they of course they left they're already married and live in other states so yeah yeah, yeah. um so and I don't mean to get off topic, but you know, it's, it's one of these things where I can't help certain things that I do. So, um, do you believe that maybe that some of these entities have may have now followed you throughout the period of your life? I can't say for, or for sure or not. Um, I'm not okay. Let's better around this. Megan, as powerful psychic she is, and she's been told that by other psychics and mediums that we've talked to few of them they're actually really good at what they do and they can consistently tell her that she has the potential to being almost the most powerful they've ever experienced or even encountered 
Uh, so she's slowly like an onion, layer by layer, taking down her blockade that she's put on herself, preventing anything. So eventually she'll get there. But right. that's, that's the reason I chalk up for her of consistent ghost following her. As for but, me. And I just asked specifically because that's what I'm getting. And so um, what I do is I actually work with people who have abilities and gifts because I'm very good at what I do as well. Um, so that we, we go beyond in this company just the actual paranormal investigation side. You know, we're educators, we're historians, we're, you know, we're scientists, but also we are, you know, we work with people who have abilities because growing up not understanding certain things can really, even as an adult, can really hinder your lifestyle. Um, it can really hinder how you produce yourself through your life. Um, cause, you know, you have such an ability and actability and you don't know how to harness these energies that are coming to you. It really can drive somebody mad if you really don't have an outlet for it. Um, it's just like as a kid, you need to have an outlet to, um, you know, to make sure that you're not doing the wrong things, you know, so you, you do martial arts or you do gymnastics and stuff. Well, it's the same kind of thing with the mentality with someone dealing with a gift. You need to have that martial arts or that gymnastics mind frame for your brain to consistently move on. Um, and then some people get stuck with their abilities. They get stuck with, I'm comfortable, and it's not even really stuck, it's more, I'm comfortable where I'm at right now with my abilities. And then fear sets in, well, I'm afraid to move on to my next set of abilities that I can harness. Um, so you really are blocking yourself and harming yourself if you don't continue to move on. But sometimes you need people like me or you need people who have been in this industry for a while to who have that understanding and been where you've been to help you on your next step in your journey. And that's where she's at. She's in her next step in the journey. She's just trying to figure it out and harness it correctly so she doesn't harm herself or anybody else um, with these abilities. So, Yeah, according to these other psychics that she spoke to, she because like what I've been figuring out so far, my own experience my own observation is that it seems that all psychic mediums either are strengths in certain subjects and not so much in others like maybe one or two you have an ability to talk to you to the side or you might you know just it a sense energy and then there's others of course that can do things differently and so forth according to them megan will be able to do all of the above uh and which that frightens her because uh well, that's good. yeah that's good that's yeah. good that's a, but you need to I can't tell you what you need to do, but we tend to focus on one subject at a time um, because my guys will tell you, everybody I meet will tell you, that the people I have helped with the afflicted will tell you that I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. I'm right there on the same knowledge base or, or it's not knowledge base, but the same grounding as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not just talking to the dead, but there's other aspects along with everything else. Um, being able to heal with touch, you know, there's all different types of mediumships. Okay. Um, being able to, being able to walk with certain spirits. Um, because even though you can communicate with the dead, there are still certain planes that you're not able to communicate with. Um, you know, especially in the lower vibrations when you start getting into the demonic entities. Um, you're able to communicate with a demonic entity. It's not that you want to, but you can. Um, so that's what really helps you out. And so there's different variations, like you said, of mediumship. And then, yes, there are only a certain amount of handful of people. Um, that's why we're trying to get onto the Rhine Center. That's why I'm trying to get a study for myself um, to show what I'm capable of. 
And, you know, and that may be something that she might want to look into as well, you know, going to the Ryan Center Duke University. Um, they're the largest base in America of, of paranormal parapsychology and research and development. So, um, so you know, I, I think that would be a good thing for her to look into. Now, according to these uh, other psychic mediums, which is mainly just two that Megan talks to the most, but one right. specifically um, says that I mm-hmm. have some ability, which I yet to even figure out what it is. Um, say that again? You're sensitive. You're sensitive to the, the subject nature. You still see things out of the corner of your eye. Um, you still feel you feel what most average people don't. Um, but it, so that's when you start. That's again, we talked about learning to walk with faith and return to walk with um, your abilities and learning how to manipulate those abilities to work for you and not work for itself. Um, and that's where you're standing at right now with those abilities. Um, you're conflicted to something holding that ability back. Um, but which is nothing. It could be something simple or it could be something long term. But that's something you definitely will figure out along the lines. You know, shortly, probably. <laughs> I would say yes and no. Um, mainly for the reason that, well, that sensitivity is the, the witness, the shadow figures, stuff like that. That's kind of always been there. But what I'm talking about is that I have um, two, I guess, is I can absorb uh, dead energy. Uh, I can feel in a room by just putting my hand out, feel mm-hmm. the energy absorbing into my hand of uh, just a ghost. And um, it's cold. Once a time when I absorb the energy, the air around it is cold. Only one time has ever been hot. So do you, do you know if, so do we, so we, we teach about energies and stuff too, and what the feelings are associated with certain entities and, and, the colds and hots and milds or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so each entity is going to produce itself. When you start moving to a hotter form of air or vibrations or energies that you're feeling, because basically that's what you're feeling, even though it feels like a breeze, it's a form of energy. Um, so when you start feeling the darker, the hotter ones, it's the darker nature. It's still it's testing its boundaries. It's testing, you know, hey, I'm here because you can sense the other ones. Remember, when it comes to light, there's always darkness behind it and vice versa. So you, once you start moving into the realm of understanding and, hey, I can do, you know, put my hand out and touch. Now, something else is always going to try to be like, well, maybe I can touch his hand real quick mm-hmm. and see how he's going to react to me. Yeah. So you always have that barrier and that baton, you know, of people crossing over to you that should not cross over to you and they're testing you. So that's when it comes to knowing your abilities and how to harness it that protects you and other people that are around you. Um, so that's just my outlook on, on that little part there. Um, but I think, I think it is amazing when people can do that. But it's almost like I feel like static smoke in my hand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's coming through and as I'm absorbing it and the more I absorb it, um, it, the ghost, whoever's there, tends to leave in a hurry. Right. Um, uh, and then I can expel it for some reason. Like when you get a chill on your spine, you get that Ugh, feeling, right? That comes to me. It could be 90 degrees in room. And I do that and I feel the energy expelled from me. So the, the best way I try to explain it is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you can you can you manipulate it like Play-Doh? Can you, can you hold that energy and manipulate inside your hand almost like an actual physical form? No, it, it, it feels like, like I said, it feels like smoke in my hand. That's the, oh. and the more I pull, 
up here mentally, like I'm trying to pull it. I can feel it go faster and thicker in my hand. And I guess the more spirits around it, I guess the thicker it feels. Mm-hmm. Is I can describe it? So you're being authoritative without even knowing to be an authoritative. So we call that flexing. Yeah. So you're telling this entity to leave either subconsciously or consciously. You know what I mean? So you're telling this entity to leave whether you know it or not. Um, so that we call it, a, we call it a flex, flex. You know, so you said, nope, not today. You're gone. Um, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, funny enough or by fate or uh, <laughs> I, I think, um, I guess I'm the perfect protector for Megan when she can't handle too many ghosts at one time. I can right. them to leave. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and that, and that's the things we run into is that once you open yourself up and you haven't completely, I'm going to say the word crap, but it's not in the essence that we're going to use it, but the crap that you're producing for yourself, these entities come out because now it's like, hey, I need you, or hey, hey, hey. So it's kind of like going to the mall, and you're a famous individual. They're all trying to flock around you to get your autograph. Well, they're trying to do the same kind of concept with people who don't have the complete harness yet. So they're flocking her, and she's getting overwhelmed and anxious about it. And so they're trying to push each other out the way to communicate with said individual. Um, and so it is basically a fight between the, you can get in the front of the line, you can get in front of the line first. Yeah. So, and you're just pretty much like, no, no, yeah, no, so no, not today, not today. You're taking some of her burdens with you because when you took that vow in front of God, you took that vow to protect each other. So that vow goes, you know, it's front of God. So it goes deeper than just a piece of paper. So you're protecting in a form that you know how to protect her. in. so it doesn't always involve brute strength, you know? Um, so it's kind of a beautiful thing as well. Well, here's a story for you. Um, now I, I brought this up to, um, Carl Johnson and, uh, James and Nito when I interviewed them, uh-huh. they pretty good guys. Uh, a lot, a lot of information learned from them. Yeah. He told me about the whole thing when he was there. So you guys listen to the episode? I don't know if you guys listen to that one. Um, I didn't catch all of it. I was getting ready to, and yeah, then it's, I- it's very interesting. And also all the stuff I ask him, he says, I have to listen to it. yeah, Carl's an interesting dude. <laughs> but they, and they cross so many different levels because they're talking about astral planes and everything else. So they're taking a whole different dimension to it, So which is and, cool. And you know? He was the original one in the house before the yeah. war. So yeah. I mean, like, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But what I, something I brought up to him is that um, Megan believes our son might have an ability, which on her family bloodline, uh, it's always the female that has it. Never the boys. But if I am one, if I you know consider that, then I guess he might as well because if you're combining two psychics together, you probably would get a one as well. But um, it was one night because he stays up late and he might be up two, three o'clock in the morning sometimes. Uh, he was afraid of something in the corner of the the den, and uh, Megan asked him, "Well, what do you see?" And he goes, "It's, it's stomping. He's stomping his feet." And Megan says, "What does it look like?" And he made this face of a monster, and, right? To which I went over there, and that's where I felt the hot spots. Um, and then I proceeded to absorb like I normally do, and the energy was thick and it was hot, but it didn't really bother me, I guess. And I expelled it later. But um, I guess I asked Killing, "Do you see it?" And he goes, "No." He shook his head. So <laughs> I don't know what that was, <laughs> but so uh, may I, Matt, can I be frank real quick? Yeah. Um, so. I'm, I'm not getting the sense that we expelled it. I'm getting the sense that you flexed and we moved it. Yeah. So we just moved it to a different part of 
the residence. Now, which is not a bad thing because you took it away from the yeah. object that you needed to be away from, yeah. which is very nice. You know, you did that for your son. Um, but so that's basically what I'm gathering is that we, we just flexed and moved this entity or energy to a different part of the house. So it's still there. Um, what his intent is, we don't know unless, you know, somebody was to step inside that house. Um, but, um, but yeah, I do find it fascinating when I talk to newer mediums um, or different people who just started out this stuff or just Understand. hit a threshold, mm-hmm. so to say, and then see, you know, myself where I was, you know, 15 years ago to 20 years ago. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's it brings back old memories of, you know, yeah. confusion and frustration and just trying, and to, figure it all just trying to figure it all out. Yeah. But you can move. You got it. You, you'll get it. I promise. You'll move, <laughs> move forward. Yeah. Um, but that's what I have on that part. So cool. Now, um, how long together does your uh, API have been investigating? Well, well, the company you said the company is two years. So, but by myself, you know, it's been since I was four, since I was fourteen years old. I started when I was thirteen, but really got into it when I was fourteen. I had a uh, smaller company. It was ENC Paranormal. It was basically just like word of mouth. I didn't really, you know, put it out there. It was pretty much like, hey, if you got something going on, Brandon over here that's working here that you can find him. If you go talk to him, he can help you at least try to figure out what's in there and things like that in particular. But I was capped because I had a small team. Um, one of them very new. Um, he just passed over and then came back to us. And when he did now he's his what we call the third hour, the penal gland, like his abilities that are now full force. And so it's like, I had him, my other investigator, she just joined the army since, and then she's just gotten out of boot and moving to Cali. So it was pretty much left with, uh, me and Mike, and uh, then we met Rob by uh, happenstance with fate. I found his card at my work and just emailed him. I was like, "Hey, would you ever want to collab?" And then I think within days we were at a at an exorcism investigation, and then we just we all became family. Like we we call ourselves like the Knights Templar. We like we love each other like brothers. We've gone to war with each other. So it's one of those things. Like in less than six months, like we merged my team with his, and then now API has become one of the bigger teams here in the uh, Eastern North Carolina area which is pretty awesome and starting to expand uh we do what 42 counties right now of 100 counties but soon all 100 counties of the entire state so and, and, that, and like yeah and that's just for operational standpoint yeah just, you know what i mean but we yeah. we'll go anywhere you know yeah for six hours, we'll go. yeah doesn't matter yeah um but yeah it was been a blessing to have these guys come on um because I was reevaluating the company and resituating certain standards for the company because, you, you know, if you don't continue to grow and re-go over your SOPs and SOP, uh, SOGs, standing operating procedures and guidelines for your company, um, it will never flourish and grow. So when they came on, we actually just did a revamp of everything, whether it be our investigations, exorcisms, or how the company's ran itself, um, meet and greet. So it, the sky is a limit for us. Um, but we have taken... And I say we because it's not just my team, it's our team. Um, and we have taken it from being a lower level, you know, local paranormal investigation company to something that's incredible and amazing. Um, and that's because of the hard work they have produced for me and the hard work I produce for them and, and for our clients. So um, we could sit there all day and go to haunted mansions. We can go to haunted graveyards or supposed places that house this, but the real work really counts when you're actually out there in somebody's house. 
when you're walking through a journey with them, it's people who spent their whole life savings on a house and have nowhere else to turn. You can call a fire truck, an ambulance, or a law enforcement officer for something, but you can't call Ghostbusters. <laughs> so you, so now you're stuck on, you know, hey, I really need help. And um, and it's just glor- it's, it's, it's satisfying, so to say, to be able to sit there and walk with them through, you know, something minute to something very seriously and dangerous, serious and dangerous. And we were talking like a couple of nights ago, it just, it'd be easier if there was an actual like website or like a phone number that people could call, kind of like when you do 911 and stuff like that. It's so hard. You have to go through like Reddit. I'm sure you've had to like, you know, read stories, like especially in our area and stuff like that of stuff going on. Like they, they're literally asking anyone to help them out and like they don't know how to get in contact and stuff like that. So. I'm hoping it kind of advances to where like the paranormal field becomes just as good as say, you know, the medical field and things like that, where you can a call away basically if you need to. Right. And that goes down to the education portion that we provide for people because when you start allowing people to know that it's okay to walk out there and say, Hey, I have a problem, or at least I think I have a problem and not feel like you're going to be persecuted for it. Um, and that's a good thing about Ghost Adventures and all these other new shows online. It's not, um, it's not so much of a stigma. It's not, yeah, it's not a stigma like it was in the 80s yeah. or the 90s. So they open up the doorway for people to say, I need help. And people are like, oh, well, we understand that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and, and so I really have, I implore all these guys who've been on these shows and continue to do these shows that they're opening the gates for us to continue to do the work we do out here. So it is a symbiotic relationship between us and them, whether they know it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. Well, that's my hope for the future when it comes to the paranormal world altogether is that it will be accepted at a level that it can be studied scientifically. I mean, it's, we use scientific effort, uh, equipment now, um, yes. from EMF recorders and stuff like that. And I remember one episode of Ghost Adventures, they actually used was on some scientific equipment that had a needle and the needle moved on its own without any electronic interference whatsoever and where zach was saying like this this is definitive proof this is scientific evidence that something not of this world is moving this and i was like ah, if only the rest of the world was well, it, putting it, more it, effort into it it's all it's not and it really pushed down to it science proves a lot of things yeah. science proves religion whether they want to know it, it goes hand in hand not scientology but it shows that religion and science still co-mingle because it was created by something bigger than us um, it's like taking a pine needle and putting on a leaf on a puddle, and then you find <laughs> your true north. It will always yeah. find true north. So it shows the electromagnetic pull associated with that piece of sap and that water conducting each other. They're counterbalancing each other. So it's really cool. And so we have learned more scientific methods because now paranormal investigators are in rare cases, but they are working with psychologists. And hence, you know, paranormal psychology, but but we're actually working with mental health um, doctors. We're working, so showing that, you know, that maybe this person who has this disability, so to say, and say disability loosely, but they have something going on with them in their brain that are making them act out. Maybe that it's not them having, you know, dementia. Maybe it's not them having some kind of form of psychosis, right. um, that there's something more at play here, especially when it comes to the demonic world. So we are starting to slowly but surely co-mingle with each other, which I think is a, an amazing thing again as well. So science is proving itself, and the more we can continue to get out there and help people, um, and actually these people are willing to share their stories, is what really makes a difference. We can go there all day and do an exorcism, but until you share that story, 
whether people think it's crap or not, it doesn't matter because it took that time and energy to view that regardless. So it's still getting out there, whether you have a negative view or a positive view for it. Um, so it, it's just, it's just really cool to see, you know, where we come from and where we are at now because of all the hard work that people have put together ourselves, the people out there before us, the Warrens, your, the yeah. Warrens you know, especially the Warrens. Yeah. Um, and then yourself, you know, dwindling in, you know, the paranormal world and doing your podcast. So we're trying to educate and teach people. So right. I implore you on that as well. So that's really a great thing that you're providing for the community and whoever's listening to your podcast. Well, partly some see it as entertainment, some see it as education. Right. So. Which I was thinking is that, do you guys video record your investigations or even like video evidence or photography or any like, uh, I guess recordings or yeah, like digital recorders and stuff like that? So you got to remember. So when I started this, it wasn't for, it was for scientific research, but in a different form. I was out there producing these things for these people. I didn't want the recognition right at first, but now and why I finally have an awakening. So to say where I had an epiphany and said, you're stupid. <laughs> you know, people, why are you people not? Want to know. People yeah. want to know this stuff. Why yeah. are you holding it back? Why are you holding this work that you can produce and that we can produce from people? So yeah, now we do film these things. We do film, you know, we do work with, you know, the tools of the trade. So to say, we can sit here forever and, and say what they are and what they're not. Um, but there are a lot of tools of the trade and even the simpler things, you know, if you go to the old fashioned method, we're just, Regular, you know, cameras, you know, Polaroid, you can do a Polaroid camera. Yeah. Um, that's what the, the Warrens use, you know, they, or different types of cameras that they use. So it shows you that, you know, it doesn't matter how you produce it, but just produce it the way it was been taught. Um, so you can have the shittiest equipment and still produce the most magnificent evidence that you've ever had. There's been cases, especially recently where we weren't expecting it and then something changed and immediately, uh, Oppression became possession. It just went from house to the subject. So all we could do is grab a cell phone. Last time it was like 720 grainy stuff on an Android phone. This time we happened to get one on my iPhone uh, here this past couple of days and stuff like that. Um, but, with you know, with the rise of YouTube, 4K cameras and starting to move the production up. And then from there, uh, we do have like certain media companies that are looking into possibly going around with us and stuff like that, which will be amazing. So we'll lock on whatever wood and hope for the best. But, um, you know, you have to kind of move up there and have a lot of, uh, you know, friends there that are on YouTube. Like I'll, I'll name a few like Paranormal Quest and uh, yeah. Paranormal Encounters. Those guys are doing like, you know, B-roll. They're using, you know, Androids and drones and stuff like that. So they're really putting production Green level, stuff, but they're doing really solid investigation and interviews. And that's why I'm intrigued with. I want reality. Like I don't want production as much as i respect zach and the ghost adventures like you know you can tell like it's really really produced and stuff like that sometimes but the evidence is there still so i mean it's not like they're faking all that stuff it's just you know sometimes it's just good to see good real footage and stuff like that and that's why sometimes people want to see the raw 720p exorcism because they they honestly are intrigued and they're just want to be educated about it and stuff like that. So we, we just have to pick when, you know, we're getting better picking up phones or picking up equipment and then pretty much laying it all out and just going for it basically, even though we have a job to do and take care of that entity. So and, and that itself is an art form. Okay. You know, you learn the tools of the tricks of the trade, so to say, so you're not going to get it right all the time. 
But as long as we're getting it, that's all that matters so we can share these accounts and experiences. You know, the rest will come into play when we need higher quality, you know, 4K cameras or above production cameras. Yeah. Um, those will come when they're needed. But the things that we have produced with the less we have um, just still stands and, and speaks for what we do and, and the work we do. So um, I think it's impressive. And we do have, we will have these things available shortly um, for people to view and understand and give their input. Um, because, you know, you look at, um, look at a Quentin Tarantino movie compared to the mm-hmm. person who directed, you know, the Blair Witch. Yeah. Okay. The Blair Witch to me was still a fantastic freaking movie. And how, <laughs> why was it? Because it was marketed correctly. Yeah. Um, it was marketed as the whole entire time made me so upset. I was like, "Blow your nose!" But it showed you the, the what I'm so what I'm trying to get at is the rusticness of the Blair Witch Project. You know, moving around, shaking, and all that stuff. But to me, that was more real compared to watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. Of course, you know, yeah, if he was more activity, yeah, the cameras in the yeah. house and stuff like that. And, yeah. and so it gave you a sense that that was the reality of it. It took you into a whole different dimension. Mm-hmm. So when we start producing these more rustic videos, it still puts you in the dimension and the world that, and the suffering that these people have gone through. Um, so I kind of like that kind of <laughs> style. You like the raw style. The yeah. raw footage stuff. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm studying on um, after talking to Carl and, and James, because <laughs> the OGs, or at least they're far more educated in the art of demonology than most people I've ever met is that I actually um, am studying in demonology just because of who I am and who Megan is, uh, is, you know, if we're going to counter as much ghosts as we do, um, it's good to be uh, knowledgeed up on the enemy. Right. So uh, I know that uh, who's the demonologist in your group? I am Rob. Okay, that's right. 13. After starting mentoring and stuff like that, uh, me and Mike are just now starting into the realm of learning demonology. Just so we just know the hierarchy, like you said, just knowing your enemy in their ranks and just knowing the signs of which one it is can be helpful. So. And so you, so you could sit there all day and learn about this demonic name and that demonic name, the makeup of this demon, you know. But in reality, in the end, what demonology is really teaching you is how to protect yourself and understand the signs and symptoms that support the actual entity itself and what it's, what its makeup is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're, when you're dealing with a demon you, or a demonic entity, you're dealing with something that's hungry. Okay. So you're feeding it something. You're feeding this demonic entity, whether it be your affliction, your sins, you know, whether it be gluttony, sexuality, no matter what it is. And then there, and then you go to the makeup of now they're, now you're at your worst point in your life. So it doesn't, it doesn't normally, and I can't, I cannot say it does not. Um, but they normally hit you when you're at your weakest. So the makeups of most of these demonic entities are not as big as you think they are. Um, they're more puffer fish than anything. The majority of these demonic entities are what we call puffer fish. So you're able to deflate them by starving them from what they need. Yeah, Once you starve them from what they need, um, then they become super weak. And then you're able to attack them on a spiritual level. Um, even the ones that enter, you know, into a human host um, is more trickery and mockery. They will expel themselves sooner or later if you understand what you're doing. Um, because they're not going to stand there because you you have the authoritative manner. 
you have the understanding of what you're dealing with. You have you've drawn out that name from that demonic entity. You 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 used your faith base. So now that you cannot stand in front of God and and Jesus Christ without faltering, you're gonna dissipate. Um, so learning your general makeups of what you're dealing with and then how they're associated with that individual. Now there are demonic, you know, you got the Mesopotamians, you got you got tons of different styles that you could be dealing with, especially when you come to ancient, those are your more elementals. Yeah, your elementals and you the more nastier subjects that you're dealing with, hence the conjuring house, you know. They were dealing with something that was a little bit older. Older in manner. Um, you know, when the days probably when Christ walked the earth or before or before mm-hmm. Christ walked the earth. Um so you know, you could say we could sit here all day and talk about demonology, but there's such a vast realm of demonology. Um you could you're studying I'm still studying to this day, you can talk forever about different topics. Yeah. Um and just when you think, okay, well cool, I'm I'm um I've learned this, this and this, mm-hmm. and then you're like Smack in the face. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've never seen that coming before. So now I need to read up on this and understand and communicate with our tools. And so to say, our tools are the mentors that we have or the, you know, the people that are on board with us to understand more with this. I have an incredible man out in Chicago who can open up the skies with his snap of his finger. Um, he is an incredible man. And he's well known across the country. Um, um and, and so he's he's been working with us through things that you know. Hey, we I didn't think this was possible, but this is what I've run across now, and he's got an answer. He knows it, and then you research behind his answer that he gave you, and he's direct on point. So you know, demonology is such a vast, vast field, and that's why we start with the basics. Yeah, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And how are we going to learn it? Um, and then, so you're, you accompany that with what's the makeup of this demonic entity? How can we starve it? And then what's our plan of attack? Cause they're manipulators. Um, they're going to manipulate the whole situation. It's a chess game. They're going to utilize things that you have done in your life right off the bat to try to break you down. So you've got to be really ready to stand in front of the afflicted that are, that are needed your help. Um, and stand firm no matter what you did in your life, whether it's good, bad, whatever. Um, you need to have that understanding that you will not allow them to enter into your domain. Because once it has crossed that barrier, then you become a victim yourself. Um, because it will leave a mark. It will leave something on you um, that takes a long time to dissipate from you. So you cannot allow them to manipulate the situation. You are in charge of that situation. You stand strong, you stand firm, and you be authoritative towards this entity. Most entities aren't going to sit there and want to battle somebody who's ready to fight a whole realm of demons, okay? Um, They're scared. And especially in the name of Jesus Christ, they will falter, they will fall. And we do not falter ourselves and fall to these demonic entities. Now, there will be one day where we will run across something that's completely disgusting, um, and and along the lines of conjure house yeah. take longer, but normally our so far it's what been thirty. I think the longest one was forty minutes. No, well, there's the one that went three days, but that was a, a mockery type situation. So well, that was a manipulation type too, and we yeah. were trying to get gather more evidence because it was kept manipulating the whole situation. So yeah. it was telling us to go this one direction, and then where we really need to be focusing on this direction. 
Um, and while we were over here looking at something else, they were attacking somebody else on the other side. So um, it, it's just crazy when you deal with the demonic entities. I don't, I do not, and I repeat, I do not recommend going into demonology unless that's a field that you're ready to take on. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of education. Um, you should have a little understanding of darker energies when you're doing paranormal investigations because it's not if, it's when you come across one. It's just knowing that, hey, this is not for me. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to somebody else who can handle this. Um, and that's why, really, if you don't want to go into demonology or the darker stuff, at least have a general understanding so you could say, no, this is not good. We need to hand it to somebody who can. Um, and that's protecting yourself and the team and then the people around you, making sure that they get the proper help and assistance that they need. Yeah. Um, I went long-winded. I apologize. No, well, it's just to know thy enemy is to defeat thy enemy. Now, to, uh, <coughs> the reason why I wanted to study demiology in the first place, this is way back, is uh-huh. that um, – I actually had a book I found on demons altogether from the names to the analogy anthology to their histories, all of that. And, and then was it, this is all still with Megan. Yeah. I was dating her and I kind of put it off to the side. And then as I was dating her, everything and anything you think of paranormal was happening consistently right. from apparitions, from being touched, from being grabbed, from my name being called all that. And well, I end up marrying her anyway, where we are now. <laughs> but um, it hasn't stopped, and I don't think it ever will. So that led me to, to well, looking to see how, how I can deal with this on a level because this seems like something that's going to be consistent in our lives. It's never going to go away. Her being her, and apparently me being me. But um, how many times have you guys dealt with something demonic and felt like you were out of your depth and no? Had to get out. Yeah, never. We've uh, we've been education was the key. Yeah, and we're you know we're blessed. We're 100 success rate. Yeah. Uh, six alone this this year. Over 30 altogether. I'd say. Now there's always room for error. I'm yeah, say that right no, now. Don't be wrong. There might be like uh, the variable changes or someone some something happened or someone showed up that wasn't supposed to be and it it messes mm-hmm. with the game plan. So you know, like I said, that it's helps. playing chess. Yeah. So like sometimes it's like all right. Let's stop for the night. Let's come back tomorrow, finish the job type situation. So we had to go reassess, <clears throat> regain plan and do it. So that's probably one that I would say it was probably the most frustrating one, I yeah. have to say. But I would say, but uh, we, we've been blessed to have 100% success rate. And, so and, what, and what good are we if we stand in front of these things and say, well, today we're going to be defeated? Yeah. We've already lost the battle. Yeah. We've already lost the battle. So you might as well not even step inside their house. Man. Um, and like I said, do you guys have a priest on call? So, so that's, my, that's so, <laughs> so we can, okay. Yeah. Especially when you deal with different religion status. So think about to me, religion's a dictation of man. We, you know, the monks recreated the Bible so that way we can have the last word given to us, but it's been so manipulated throughout the time to appease the masses or control the masses. Um, so, why cannot? Why could you not, with proper education and standing of your abilities and your belief, get rid of a demon? Yeah. But we do follow certain regulations with you know the Catholic Church and stuff like that because that's just my belief system. Um, but when you're spiritual, spiritual in nature, you're right up in here and you're right up in here. 
There's nothing you can conquer, my friend. Yeah. And I and and so that and that's dictated by what every everybody else's religion. Somebody will say, "No, you can't do that." Well, they said they can. Well, yes, you can. So it, it's an argument. Yeah. It's always an argument when it comes to the basis of this. So in regards to that, I really don't care um, because I will continue to do these exorcisms and I will be successful at them with our team um, because that's what the people need. Um, and and you don't be successful with an exorcism unless you don't walk with Christ or or whatever or your belief system, your spiritual belief yeah. system is itself. Because we run into Buddhists, you know, shaman. you know, the, the shaman natives world. recently. Yeah. yeah, so it's been so pretty fascinating that the higher vibration, regardless of what you go into, is always there's always the yin and yang. There's the higher vibration, lower vibration. The higher vibration is going to win in the end, regardless. So, and you think so. about. What is the main goal in spirituality? Whether you're Buddhist, you're you know, you know, whatever it is, um, everybody still wants peace. They want love and they want a life after death. We're all telling the same story. If you really take a a good look at it, about the same kind of story of the end. But this is how we were raised, so we choose, you know, Christ yeah. as and, and our so main we, for, our force. Basically. Yeah, and we never, we never put our belief systems and so to say on to other people. So if we don't go in the box either. Yeah. So, So, and if we go in, if they want somebody with us who houses the, the, you know, the the Buddhist name or whatever, by all means, we'll find somebody for you. Wiccans. Um, Yeah. There's been quite a few things. It doesn't hurt my feeling because that the work with somebody else to get this task completed. um, Because in the end, like I said, it's about the person that's being afflicted or the house that's being affected. Um, or the item. Um, so and that's that's just my outlook on the exorcism portion of it. Um, if you weren't meant to do an exorcism, then you wouldn't have done as many as we have already. Yeah. Um, now, what I've been told by people who've been doing this longer than I've been alive is that it's extremely dangerous to even oh, yeah. attempt an exorcism if you're not an ordained priest, if you haven't gone to exorcist I guess in the Vatican teachings and stuff like that, or at least that level of right. Because I was speaking to James Nito, mm-hmm. uh, guys, 40 cases or so, and yeah. he's a deacon. He only has two sacraments that he can do as a deacon. I asked him, so can you do exorcisms? He goes, no, I can't. I have to be at the level of a priest with the level four sacraments to mm-hmm. able to even achieve it. And he finds it, along with Carl, said extremely dangerous to even try to attempt it. Because what you could do is not only harm the person or harm yourself, um, because the authoritative state that requires to banish a demon can only come from someone that high level of uh, teachings and practice, uh, like a priest or even higher as a good. And that's understandable because that's what he is taught and that's his understanding. Look at Ed and Lorraine Warren. No offense, but he'll tell you, you know, Ed, even in video in his documentary, already stated that he's not a priest. You know, he's not. He stood there in the affliction. He stood there with the power of God and envisioned the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and still was able to move the masses, so to say, with these dark energies. Like he had Lorraine to kind of and Lorraine to be. Morning, so um, when you have people, so what I want your wife to understand is that with her abilities, if she has such a powerful abilities, yes, I can do more than the most average person because now we're working on spirituality and on a religion portion as well. Um, um, so yes, we, we can do certain things that most people can. And, and it's funny because like you described the Catholic. So that's just one faith denomination understanding in their belief systems of an actual exorcism. There's an actual exorcist for every religion out there. Um, so 
that's just saying, okay, well, it's dangerous. Of course, it's inherently dangerous. It's inherently dangerous to run to a burning building for seven ninety five an hour. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the risk you take. That's the risk you take for helping these individuals out. Yeah. It's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about the people that you're helping and the guidelines that you're working with to help these people. Um, so, like, you know, it's just funny. It's funny. You know, religion is a funny thing. So, and it's very touchy subjects. So that's why you got to be careful on how you discuss religion right. um, because you don't want to insult people because I believe that everybody should have the free right to their own belief systems. And I implore it, you know. And to be honest, like, we use a lot of the same tactics that the, the Catholic priests kind of do already as far as game plans and the way we use the cross and how we have different I wouldn't say relics, but different things that we use sometimes to kind of carry out those exorcisms and things like that. So there's much respect, but as much as I, you know, love the church and, you know, what it grew to be, you know, after the New Testament and things like that, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I feel like sometimes they drag their feet a lot because of these, you got to get permission here, got to get permission here, got to get permission here. When people are suffering and they just need someone that's bold enough to just yeah, yeah. go at it and then just be fervent in their faith and just, it's, get it done just like Jesus did when he threw them into the pigs and said, Hey, go jump in the water and then go jump off the cliff and die. You know what I'm saying? It so, is funny. It's really funny the dictation of religion because everybody always goes back to the Catholic faith when you're talking about exorcisms. Why? Because of you know what I mean? no. Because it, it, that's exactly what they market themselves to do. Mm-hmm. They're very good at it. Yeah. Um, but there are other people out there that are very good at it, don't do not house the Catholic faith itself, too. Yeah. Um, so there's a lack of educational and understanding about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, it is dangerous. I, I will agree 100% that it can be dangerous, but I, I don't fear, I don't, I have a respect for it, but I don't fear it. Um, and, and that, like I said, it just all depends on where you're at in your life and your heart and your mind. So, um, and you know, I, you know, so that's that's the way I look at it, and I love everybody's different opinions and outlook on things. And um, just because somebody's on Ghost Hunters or they're on this show or that show doesn't mean they completely understand altogether. Right. Um, because a lot of these people who are on these shows never had stuff put in front of a demon like that. And if they have, what have you done for it? Yeah. Um, and I do respect the works that they do. Um, but not everybody's meant to stand in front of a demonic entity and go to battle. It's just the way it is. You, it picks you. It's not it's like a Pokemon. You know what I mean? You, you know? Um, and so it, it does. It chooses you. This lifestyle chooses you. It's never once in your cases that you performed an exorcism and assumed it left and that family has encountered it again. Um, so there are incidences, yes, where it does. And so it's not – so when you work with the afflicted, when you work with the afflicted, yes, if you get rid of this demonic entity, you still have those vibrations set in place. That energy is – some of the energies are still left over, which is our residual energies. So but even with a re- residual energy source, it can manipulate and manifest itself back into something if you're not following the second steps which is self-help to yourself, your heart, your mind, and your body. Exactly. So if you didn't correct that alcoholism, if you didn't correct that sexual activity that you were doing, if you didn't correct your drug addiction that they fed off of, then yes, by all means, here comes another visit. You're very open and susceptible for another visit. We've had one where same house three separate times. And of course that probably was a mockery, but at the same time, like these things had to be in place 
and it didn't correct it just itself. didn't get correct itself quickly enough to where it jumped. It was looking, it's almost like it was on the outside and it was looking for a way right back in and it was finding every weakness it could to kind of come back into the home. And, and it's, it's lifestyle. It really is. It's based, you know, lifestyle. Now there are demonic entities that would just find you regardless whether you're a Pope or a nun, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but the ones that we're dealing with are the, they're already, they're already weak. They're already down on their luck. It's a lot of the succubus or the incubus, a lot um, of the smaller ones, you know, and, and, and so it just shows you that lifestyle plays a big part in our, you know, our physical beings in this metaphysical world. You know what I mean? That we are, there, there's so much energy associated with us that we don't even fathom it. We can't, you know, and, and they're trying, we're learning, we're trying to fathom it, but it's, but you, if you don't correct the issues after the fact, you will become a victim again. I'm sorry. And the same thing with the churches. Okay. Well, big deal. You've done an exorcism on that person, but did you tell that person no more watching porn because that was your weakness? No more, um, no more alcoholism because it's destroying you and it, it knows that's your weakness. Um, so it feeds off of it. That is his food. Um, so yeah, we, we have had to go back a few times because people didn't listen to the second part and hear the second part very clearly. Um, so when I talk to these people, I'm very stern and upfront because you have to be, um, when it comes to the, their addictions or whatever they're dealing with. So they need to be told the next part is on you. So that's why we normally keep up with them, you know, for a few months after the fact, that way we can see the progression, the steps they have made. Uh, towards success for themselves and their lives. So. And I'll say, just to add on to that, sometimes it's not so much like what they're going through. Sometimes it's just, we call it curiosity kills the cat, where they're like, oh, this happened to me. Let me go get a Ouija board and see if I can find it again. Yeah. And then <laughs> here we go again. And now, you know, you don't burn a Ouija board, so we have to bury the Ouija board, take it out of their house. Um, he has several cursed items in his home where he had to actually bind certain spirits into the mirror or Ouija board and stuff like that because of these people playing with these bad things or they inherited something from an antique store that just wasn't very good for them basically. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's not all the time just, you know, you're dealing with your inner demons, we call them and stuff like that. But sometimes it's just curiosity killed the cat. And then here we are again, basically. So <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the Ouija board. I remember talking to Carl about it and, um, he was saying that he's necessarily believes that it is a uh, a dangerous object in a sense that it's the act. Well, uh, that's what I always say. It's the act of doing anything. You can have a Ouija board, you have a, a box, you can have a paper. It's yeah. the act of what you're doing that can cause things to be like that. But I mean, he's, he's told me like, he's had plenty of counters that he's used one, nothing's happened and stuff like that. Um, he said he could probably sleep underneath his pillow. It wouldn't bother him, but uh, the same way. Like, it wouldn't bother us per se, but I mean, we, but why go looking for the boogeyman if you don't have to, right? Yeah, it's all. It's like the thing, like you, the, the best narrative or the way he explains it is like it's like you're putting the foot in the door. Now the door can't close because you already have it there. So now, even if you say goodbye, there still might be a crack in that door where something can open the door. So why open the door to begin yeah, with? It's really sense. dictation on self. Yeah, you know it. If something does want to come through, you can put it on a piece. You can put a Ouija board on a piece of yeah, paper. You can draw it out and put you the can, pencil thing. You know, but whatever. you could you could still do that. But it's really like you said, the intent behind yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. If you're looking for trouble, you're going to get trouble. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, what you, it was used in the 1800s to try to find their dead because they're in the you know buried on a battlefield. Like that was good intention of they just wanted to find their loved ones, and then somehow it just got. It's all about the intent. So. 
Then they market it as a toy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was the, the funny thing. <laughs> they found they can make money. It was a popular thing. It still is a popular thing. Yeah, you find it at Walmart right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't say I've, I've met a lot of paranormal investigators myself or even talked to, but from the majority that I've viewed and the majority that I've seen and the two that we've actually talked to besides you guys, mm-hmm. um, I've never seen or heard of paranormal investigators performing their own exorcisms. Um even the higher level guys like ghost witches, ghost hunters, or even like some like the paranormal state, they seem to always bring in a priest. Like the, I guess like they're the field guys that goes check out, make sure that, Hey, oh yeah, this is something we can't deal with. And then they go get the priest. Um, or I, something I like they could do that. my old, uh, my old team before I merged with this one. So, so, so it's the, it's the your accountability level. So think about the people on TV. You're not there to perform an exorcism. You're there to produce quality TV. Or okay, or, or find evidence. Their job is not to, okay, say, okay, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to sit here and do the exorcisms. But, and, you know, they're probably well, very well vast in knowledge with it, but their comfortability with it. And Zach, now, he, Zach, I'm surprised he hasn't done one. You know what I mean? But, um, but, well, his eyes but <laughs> right, but he's also been affected. Right. You know what I mean? So it just shows you the power of this stuff. So it depends on, most people will say, no, I do not want to stand in front of them and do that. <laughs> well, there's very few select people who will. And those are the people like they bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it's because a producer saying you're too valuable. When you're on TV, now you're too valuable of an asset mm-hmm. to that company. Um, they're not going to risk your life or they're not going to risk your health or your mentality over doing something like that. No, get the evidence, show them what we want to show them. And still continue to prove that paranormal exists. Um, so it, 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 it's it's all on dictation. It really is. Well, do you know any other paranormal investigator teams? Well, one. I don't know how many are in the area, but well, think, so think about that. So paranormal investigation teams. A lot of them are fly by nights. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't live this twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year, which is nothing wrong with that. A lot of them are all just enthusiasts or hobbyists that want to do this, but they need to understand the dangers and even with their regular spiritual realm um, that is associated with it um, because you can still pull things out that you don't want to deal with. So there are none, in my knowledge right now, in this area or else, you know, even further down towards Western North Carolina that do not house this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what makes us unique. Yeah, and that's what sets us aside. So, you know, of what we do. And uh, I tell people, if you want to find out, they come along. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, or watch our videos. That's probably the safest route for you when we do produce an exorcism is just to sit at home and watch what we get producing for you. And the rest is up to dictation and interpretation. Do you believe it or not? And if you do, great. If you don't, then let's discuss it. And that's when education comes in hand. Now, um, is there a lot of demonic cases in this area? So there was, <laughs> so there was, so we've done six so far this year, but think about what is going on. Think about how much affliction and, and, and turmoil and, and hatred and, and sadness that is going on right now. People lost their jobs. People have died. Um, level 10 right now. Point, the, so the Vatican had bigger. just, the Vatican had just re-upped their exorcism protocols. It hasn't been done since 1999. Um, and they saw a need to re-up on their protocols due to the fact of the numbers of exorcisms that were being produced in 2019 and 2020. Um, so, it, and, you know, the Vatican, if they say 
hey, we, we have a problem and they have to revamp their stuff, um, then that should be clear language enough about what's going on in the world right now. Um, you turn the news on and see what destruction and devastation. And and so, you know, they feed off those kind of things. Yeah. Um, we won't say the location of where the podcast or we're at per se, just for privacy and stuff like that. But this area is known a lot for one coven's witchcraft is very large in this area too. Um, satanic ritualists um, or the satanic church in this way they're they're very much around in the area and stuff like that so um and the area with which you live um not just because of the military and stuff like that but there's a lot of curiosity or people not understanding and now it's like a hub in that general direction so you could check we stay busy you can <laughs> check on a national database you can check on a national database that you know salem was just um Famous for the trials. Um, I've been to Salem hundreds of times. Um, but what people don't realize is that New Bern, North Carolina is actually still the number one hosting area for covens. Mm-hmm. Um, it holds the most amount of covens in, in the United States. Right. Um, so which is a really cool tidbit of fact and information there. And I was pretty shocked when I saw that myself. It's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something yeah. to look out for now. Yeah. Uh, the, the only haunted place I know in Jacksonville is, uh, well, the most one that's been talked about is a lot of their apartments. That's the ones we were trying to find out. The that, thank you for telling me that. That's what um, I was trying to find out. Yes, because I had somebody communicate with me. They never left their number, but they said they lived in one of these apartment complexes and they left the, they left the message, but then they removed the message. So it was the, the what again? The Lauderdale. Uh, Lauderdale. D-E-L, like Lauderdale, like I guess, like, okay. yeah, Lauderdale Apartments. Um, my job requires, yeah, my job requires me to, because um, I, I work for a rental, uh, furniture rental company. Oh, cool. Okay, people yeah. lease things to us and stuff like that. So I'm the guy to send out when no one pays their bill. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm a collector in a sense. <laughs> but I've I've uh, field visit, so we call it, um, that area when I go out yeah. to people's homes. I feel that area a lot just because it's, it's not a slum, but it is very cheap apartments. Very, well, right. these, yeah. These got these apartments like are not taken care of. They have a lot of problems, and they're cheap. So most people who don't earn a lot of money have lived there. So I just think it maybe add to the level of uh, par- uh, paranormal stuff that goes on there. But I've been told by this like a local paranormal Jacksonville Facebook page or something. My wife was she's telling right. me about it, but yeah. um. They talk about a lot of the apartments a lot. There's been apparently demonic possession there. There's been consistent ghosts, apparitions, stuff like that. And just that little apartment area alone. Yeah. Um, I've gone there a few times. I didn't really feel anything, but majority of the time I'm there during the day. So I can't tell you. Would you, uh, would you be well, if we discuss that part there, cause we actually were talking about it last night and it's funny. There's no such thing as a coincidence to me. It's always fake. Yeah. Um, and so you just brought that up. So. If we do decide to go to that area um, and market ourselves in that area, yeah, um, I, I would love for you guys to come along and, uh, and work with us on that part there. Well, yeah, because I always wanted to make sure of my ability, if it's real or not. I'm just putting it in my head. Um, if I can find something in a room without anybody telling me where it is and someone can tell me, oh, yeah, you're right. It's there. So and I normally it's I normally that I know what I can do. I normally take the newer people who are dealing with, especially we're called pupils, you know what I mean? They're learning their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, so we normally take them to a safer location that we house and that we understand that nothing will bother them or hurt them severely. So it gives you the opportunity to utilize your skills 
and tell us what you feel and start working with that. Um, we just want to like, tell us yeah. basically is what we do just to see if they claim they have a gift, this is how we kind of vet that process. And, and it's a really cool place. It's a beautiful place. And even and people who do not have a gift or think they don't have a gift, they feel it, you know? And so it's a very active area. It's a lot of history associated with this area, but I'm not going to mention it right now, but we'll discuss that in a later point. But yeah, um, but yeah I, this is plantation that um in Newburn, funny enough, of all yeah, places. Right. Yep. We had to talk about the other day too. That is apparently very haunted by uh slaves and stuff like that. Yeah. And Megan has had a vision of being there and being in some amount of stressful pain that causes her to cry from just sitting in her room. Right. She sees herself on her knees crying from in there. Um and she, she wants to go there now to this see is the if Fosky uh, one, correct? Fosky Plantation in Pollocksville, right outside I, of Newburn. I think so. They have weddings so, there and stuff. They do, um, and they have tours, but they don't. Yeah. They always ignore all of us that reach out and like, hey, we take care of the place and respect it. We just want to be there overnight, and we'll leave in the morning, and they mm-hmm. just ignore us. But we're working on that. Um, but they, that plantation is known to be one of the worst to their um, their indentured and their slaves. They were really, really mean. Um, there's ones of they died in the attic. They literally, the attic caught on fire and a few of them had perished that way as well. So it's pretty, pretty Wait, rough. Did you say attic? Yes. Oh, funny enough. That's what Megan said. That a lot of them are. They are. And they, yeah, they were chained and tortured up there. Yeah, that, it was um, bad. It was like, um, what her name? The one that was in Louisiana that would torture her slaves. This is very close to that type of situation. They're very mean owners. So. And, and so, but we are working on some very big stuff right now that we're not going to say um, but yes, we will tell you that the Foskey plantation is one of them that we are working on. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a, one or two people go in there and just do a little minute stuff. So we would be the first people ever. We, we do a lot of first time stuff, yeah. um, cause they trust it and they believe in what we do. And then we also, we show that we're going to take care of your property and leave it as it was when, you you know, when, we, when we leave. Yeah, so we don't leave a mess. Um, so that'd be a cool place. For, and it's definitely, if we get in there, I would like to take her yeah, in there as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess one of my because we're going on close an hour and a half. Uh, one of my uh, main uh, last questions is, um, what is the main equipment that you guys tend to use the most? Sure, um, my favorite, of course, the K two, the EVP, or the uh, EMF reader is probably one of my favorite and the more classic ones. Um, another one of mine is the grid system, the grid pin. Uh, I love using that because we've done it where we set that in a camera, and then in you know, like a forty five minute span, we saw a shadow go from one part of the closet to the other. So when you put it in like GIF form or like we call it scrubbing, but scaling it back and forth, you can see the progression of that. So I love just the classics. Um, we actually use a uh, temperature one that tells you the barometric pressure and the and the actual temperature. So not just a temperature gun. We We're using like actual science and like, you know, what's around us as far as like nature and stuff like that to see the barometric drop. Usually when it drops, that usually indicates and then usually the temperature will also kind of fluctuate and that's where we're looking for scientific proof to prove Rob's like something just came up on me and then boom, I can see that type of situation. So for me, I'm more, uh, I'm more of the science. Like I want to see it, you know, happen as someone who's clairvoyant or who has those gifts can be like, something just came up on me and is trying to tell me something and boom, now we have it on film or we have it on those devices. We, recording. we cycle through so much equipment yeah. you know, we've recycled the equipment back to other investigators and things like that. So we can continue to get our new stuff in, but people who are starting out able to have the ability to have 
the stuff starting up. You know, um, I, I'm a big fan of the FLIR. I love the FLIR. Uh, or the, the, uh, the Obulus as well. Or uh, it uses yeah. DMF to produce specific wording and stuff like that. That's you, what it is. I, I was trying to figure yeah. out the name of it. I, I, still yeah. like, I still like the SB7. Yeah, he likes the old school SB7, SB11. I do. Uh, I'll go ahead and plug. There's a company that's called Necrophonic. It's an app that you can get yeah. actually on the App Store. And uh, a lot of YouTubers recently have been using it, including paranormal teams, and it's dead accurate to the point where it continues. Sometimes it'll literally call to Rob and Mike for them to come over to talk to them. And then sometimes it'll literally tell me full sentences and tell me exactly where I'm at and stuff like that, or ask me, or sometimes it's even called and talked to my, you know, my grandfather came through. He's very much, I believe, one of my guardian angels, and he's come through and stuff like that. So I love that app. Um, but there's nothing wrong with old school SB7 or SB11. That's always really, really cool. You can't go wrong with a voice recorder either. I love those because that's just for all evidence that you can have. I know the older ones, uh, I think I think it might have been Carl. Those in the past, they had a specific one where there was right. like a defect and it called, you know, like it could pick up a lower stuff that it could hear. And so now people are paying like thousands of dollars for that one recorder type situation. So I don't know if, you know, so maybe down the road changes. we might have the money for that, but yeah, it just changes, but it's just not wrong with Olympus one that you can just record. And then, you know, who knows after the zoom call, we might have something that we picked up on. So it's like, Hey, cool. You know, it's like, it's always cool to have just things recording and, and remember the old acronym kiss, yeah. the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. All right. <laughs> uh, that's what I tell myself too. Um, this is authentic, yeah. you know, these people before us who set the pave pavement for us to walk to do this, they did with nothing. They did with simple recorders, cameras, a notepad, and a flashlight. Yeah. Um, and produced some of the most incredible things. So that's why I want on their investigators to know that when you're first starting out, you don't need to have, you know, the seven, eight hundred dollar thermal imaging pad system, you know, with the stand and everything else. We like want people can, to know that you can build your own, like uh, our Mike, our senior investigator and his son, Michael Jr. He's part of our uh, AV team. He does a lot of the videos and stuff like that. They took a connect from an old Xbox one and did the system. And now we have it to where SLS camera. So now we can actually see thermal figures and yeah. stuff like that and different ones, you know, and then we just leave it on the record button. So like you can make your own stuff like that. If you have the, I call it the MacGyver aspect where you can just put it <laughs> together basically, but it if you, you know, think like, hey, if I do this and this and put it together, this can do it. And then uh, one of our new guys, Nate, he uh, works in mechanics. He has like, I didn't know this flare gun is used in the paranormal. I didn't know this EMF thing was used yeah. for this or, you know, this uh, volume thing can tell, you know, lower vibration, higher vibration. So I was like, you can use a bunch of cool stuff that's in other fields and stuff like that. It, it goes, go shop. I'll plug the go shop. Yeah, go shop, know, go shop has some use. amazing stuff. Um, if you're a new investigator, you know, go look what they have. They got, good um, K, deals. They yeah. got great deals on K2 meters and all that good stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, but they also give you the higher end aspect too, if you're willing to spend some money. Yeah. Um, and which we're about to drop a big dime here shortly <laughs> on sick. some more stuff. Um, so it depends on your pocket and depends on how you want to do it. But I'm telling people right now that simplest. you can do it with the simplest stuff yeah. um, and still be very successful. Um, some of the best pictures out there have been taken with regular camera, cell phones. Yeah. And cell phones are so up to date now. <laughs> like, you don't um, even need a 4K You don't even need a 4K camera, <laughs> you know. It's so rapid. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the time that we investigate this house um, – because we, I mean, we pick up things through these regular microphones that right. we're not even trying. Uh, last episode on the Demons episode, I think we caught five different EV. Wow, wow that's there. great. That's really um, and the one before that, uh, I think I caught two during Carl's. 
And uh, actually, one enough in the last episode, demon episode, we caught uh, someone saying Megan, and it was very low. It was very, I guess, like it's underneath my voice when I'm talking. Like I think I say something, and then you hear Megan underneath that. It's impressive. Uh, Yeah, and that's just these mics, mind you. So I I just can't imagine what would happen if we actually had actual proper equipment, digital equipment, and actually try to. Um, I guarantee there's probably like a gold mine here for you guys, (laughs) but. yeah, uh, I try to figure out a time we can because there's so many people live in this house. So we yeah. have to figure out a time when they're not here. So we're not like picking up someone coughing in another room or just yeah. too much residual energy from everyone yeah. there. So um, it'll, it'll come, but we, we have to just figure out a time for it. Right. Sure. I do uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you. And yeah. Brandon, um, it was very educational. Uh, last I've learned. And I guarantee we'll probably do this again because um, – you're the only investigators we actually can talk to. Yes, <laughs> and we I thank you for uh, being upfront and honest with you, open with your questions. I love the harder questions yeah, and good uh, conversation. There's like no that. such thing as argument between uh, professionals, so right. we love it. Yeah. yeah, and so we'll catch your weirdos in the next one.